Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another topic episode here on Build Your Network. Today, we are talking about the habits of kindness because guess what? It's Christmas. That's right. Merry, merry, merry Christmas to anybody that is actually listening to podcasts on Christmas, which if you are, you know, huge, huge props to you for listening and making yourself better on Christmas. I think that uh, I think that this morning I will be taking some time with the family. Um, but whenever you listen to this, it will probably be around the Christmas time. So merry, merry, merry Christmas. Uh, we thought on, it would only be appropriate if today's topic episode was all about kindness. Um, and I think that kindness is often, especially in business and in, you know, making money, I think kindness a lot of times is kind of put to the side. And what's interesting is that probably like the top people that I talk to, the best of the best, the people that I've had on this show, the top 1% of the top 1%, all of those people are some of the kindest just nicest people that I've ever met. And it's funny because in society, there's this picture that's painted around people who are successful that you can't be successful unless you've become like Ebenezer Scrooge and um, and you're just mean to everybody and that's how you get ahead. And it's just simply not true. It's just not true. So uh, today's episode is Habits of Kindness and we are featuring um, some amazing, amazing guests here who you have all heard about before here on the show. Remember, every topic episode 
if you resonate with somebody um, during one of these topic episodes, just know that they have their entire episode, feature-length episode, um, previously at some point in the past. So today we are featuring Silo Moses, Jarek Robbins, and PJ Dixon, and they're going to talk about habits of kindness and how it kind of helps them in their career and doesn't hurt them, which is kind of the feeling that a lot of people want to put out there, that you can only be successful if you're unkind, and it's just simply not true. So Silo Moses, Jarek Robbins, PJ Dixon coming at you here in a quick second, but first, really quickly... If you are thinking about starting a podcast in 2020, if that is something that is on your list of things to do, uh, regardless of if you're trying of if you're trying to become a full-time podcaster or if you are already operating a six or seven figure business and you want to add an additional income stream or amplify your message or build your network or simply or simply just um, get to know other people that are in your industry and interview them or become a thought leader or get a book deal, whatever your goal is for that show. Uh, uh, be sure to head over to travischapelcom slash apply. Um, I do have a couple of spots left in my coaching here for the uh, first quarter of 2020. Um, we're almost full up, but uh, if you want to go over, check it out, travischapelcom slash apply, and uh, at least just set up a call with me. Totally free, no obligation. Just want to chat with you and see if we'd be a, a good fit to work together. So travischapelcom slash apply. And now here is Habits of Kindness with Silo Moses, Jarek Robbins and PJ Dixon. You know, I ended up going homeless. I was day one of homelessness here in Vegas, uh, homeless for seven months. So I didn't have a, a car to sleep in. So I didn't sleep in my car. I didn't have a couch to crash on. Uh, so I didn't sleep on any couches. I literally squatted in abandoned buildings and ate food wherever I could find it. So did that for seven months. I met someone once I hit rock bottom who believed in me before I believed in myself. And he was kind of there as a helping hand to help me get back on my feet. He never did anything for me. He always just motivated me to do it myself. Hmm. And just being around this guy, as annoying as he was, because my mind state at the time was seven months without speaking to a single soul, completely alone. No one waving at me. No one saying, hi, Silo. How are you? How is your day? People looked through me forget past me. I, my beard was growing out. I'm wearing the same clothes for seven months, ripped, torn, dirty. I'm sure I didn't smell too good. Yeah, yeah I was very lonely. So by the time this person came into my life and stepped up, I was very annoyed at the fact that he was talking to me. Like, why are you talking to me? I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I'm a piece of crap. Like, why, why waste your time with me? What is wrong with you? And he kept persistent. And he stayed persistent. And come by and see me every day, bring me a sandwich. Just motivate me, talk to me, inspire me. Eventually, him coming by every day for two, three weeks, I started to look at things differently in the world. I started to ask myself different questions. I started to find different answers. I started to take action. I started to formulate a plan. I started to follow that plan. And within a month and a half of just talking to this guy every day, I'm back on my feet. Like, and back on my feet literally just means. I have a roof over my head. I'm no longer squatting in abandoned buildings. I've got a little bit, tiny, tiny bit of food in the fridge. I found a job that was commission only, and I'm working my ass off there. I'm walking seven miles to work, seven miles back home after work. I'm going in on the weekends, right? I'm just like grinding. And like, I'm basically just doing whatever I need to do to get back on my feet again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So after I 
got back on my feet, had a little bit of food in the fridge and I had a roof over my head. I've got security. I've got a door and a lock to it that I can lock and unlock at any time. And I felt secure. I went out and started serving and giving back in the community. And I went out and I just started serving those who were in the same place I was just a few months ago. So I started serving fresh food, clothing, hygiene to all those who are currently on the streets and went out, served 30 people. And then the following Monday, consistently, I went out every single Monday, every single week doing this for years. I did this for still doing it today. And we're coming up on four years next month. And just went out for the first time I served, I served 30 people. Following Monday, I went back, I served 60. And then the following Monday, I brought someone back with me and they served with me. And then we just started to grow and grow and grow. And today, now we have an organization that's over 105 volunteers, 70 that are full-time, and we've served 97,000 meals in the Valley for free. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. So, so yeah. So it's been one hell of a joyride for sure. But to bring this full circle, if I would have stayed as a DJ, none of this would even exist. Right. Right. If right. I didn't make that choice to stay with my girl and choose her versus DJing, none of this would exist. If I didn't choose to leave DJing and start working nine to five and go through the hardships and go through homelessness, well, none of this would even happen. It wouldn't even exist. No one yeah. would, it wouldn't be there. Right. That's crazy. That's crazy, so, man. So, so now you have this whole organization that helps out all the homeless in, in Vegas and stuff like that. And then you also do consulting for businesses on how they can increase their bottom line while also giving back. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, absolutely. So this is something I've morphed into. It was just, it wasn't something that I planned. It's just something people started to come to me and they started asking me questions and I started giving them answers that seemed to work for them in their business. You know, the kind of success that we've had as an organization serving those who are less fortunate. I have business owners that come to me who've owned businesses, nonprofits in the community for 8, 10, 14 years, and they come to me for answers. And I asked them, I said, why? This is the third time we've sat down and we've talked and I've given you some of my knowledge. I'm surprised it's not the other way around. How come I'm not asking you for your knowledge? And they literally said, they said, the kind of success that you're seeing as a business in the community is not the kind of success you see until you're in this for 10 years. Hmm. And you're doing it in four. So they're like, obviously, you know something and we need to know what you know so we can apply it to our business. Yeah, totally. So that started morphing into consulting. And then I found my niche consulting companies that are mission-driven, that have mission-driven people that work for them, social entrepreneurs who want to make an impact and some of the most pressing causes that we have as human beings on this planet, whether it's education, whether it's poverty, whether it's environmental. I feel really passionate about these people. They feel passionate about me. And we reciprocate that passion by sharing knowledge and I help their businesses grow so they can make a deeper impact and what impacts them. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers 
Agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you. That work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So not really only helping nonprofits even, like helping real businesses have a higher impact basically, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a business person. Like I think like a business mind, right? I think growth, I think scaling, I think systems, I think procedures. And that's part of the reason why we've had the success we've had as an organization that gives back is because I thought of it the entire way from start to finish as a business. I never once thought of it as a nonprofit. Hmm. So it was, even though we were doing great in the community, I never saw us as a nonprofit. I never saw us, you know, even though we did work in the community that felt like a nonprofit and just starting off, we had to work other under other nonprofits to kind of raise awareness of what we were doing. Today, if you wrap it around four years plus, today it's a complete business. And that's the only way that I feel that I can grow in my social impact is by thinking it and taking it in the stance of a business owner. Yeah. So that's who I appeal to. I appeal to business owners who are mission-driven people. They have mission-driven businesses. They're social entrepreneurs. They want to profit. They want to grow. They want to scale. They want to give. They want to impact the world. And they want to create a difference. And do better in business. That's really right. what it comes down to. It's just right. doing better in business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more money that they make as a business person, the more impact that you can have like on the world around you for sure. Yeah. And we're really essentially when you boil it down to its last element, to its last morsel, we're really just talking about profit and purpose. Because mm-hmm. a lot of business owners have a ton of profit, ton of success. I mean, this is kind of the experience that I've seen with those who I've sat down with. I've sat down with people who make an exceptional amount of money, who are exceptionally influential. And we sit down and when we talk about their business and profits, they know it to a T. They know it to a T. When we mm-hmm. talk about purpose, they literally start crying hmm. because they have no idea what their purpose is. Yeah. Yeah. So what we do is we combine both of them to give them that exceptional life that they're looking for. You can have all the profits in the world, but if you don't have any purpose, then what are you doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you have all the purpose in the world, fantastic, but you need the profits for that purpose to go further. I was doing some preparation for this interview and reading through a lot of the things that you've done. And I find that travel is probably probably the most transformative experience for me so far has just been traveling around to different places and getting to know different cultures and perspectives and different things like that. And I know that you refer back to this as a huge changing moment for you 
what what do you think that is like why why do you think that that really gets into us when we go experience other things and cultures and obviously with you getting going through this like malaria and these these horrible physical things led to a little bit more change as well in a, in a more uh, exponential way but why do you think that is like how how can we duplicate that if we're not traveling all over the place um well first off you can travel I mean, get in a car and drive five blocks or 10 blocks or walk, you know, take a bus two hours in one direction. You'll, you'll find a place you've never been before hmm. and, and you'll learn about new people. You'll learn about a new way of life. In most cities, uh, there's always a part of town that either you're not supposed to go to or you're supposed to be careful when you're in it. Go there and meet people. You know, go there and volunteer and help out and make a difference in someone's life. And it doesn't have to be an underprivileged. I mean, it could be going to the nicest part of town and helping people for the day. Sweep, you know, just be nice and get to know them. Hmm. Uh, it could be going to the poorest part of town for the day and helping out and getting to know people. It could be going to just a different part of town that you've never been to and helping people. But, but if you get out of your space and you go help someone you've never met, it could be going to the hospital and finding people who you know, are terminally ill. I have a good friend named Kayla Haber who, who was born with cystic fibrosis someone I've met recently and been talking to a lot. She inspires the hell out of me. And, and she had a double lung transplant. It oh didn't go so well. She went back to the hospital. They said, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. And we also asked all the other hospitals not to help you because there's nothing we can do as a medical profession. Sorry, go in hospice and die. She went home, wrote a hundred letters to a hundred different hospitals asking for help. Four said they might be able to help. One eventually took her in UCLA, a beautiful group of people. Uh, they did a second double lung transplant. Everything was going good until fluid started to go into her heart a couple weeks ago. They had to do an open heart surgery to drain her heart just a week ago. And, and she's a freaking champion. She's positive. She's focused. She's inspired. She has a community of hundreds of thousands of people around the world. She helps inspires and stay connected with each other and support each other. And I, I think in traveling, even if you went to your local hospital and went and met someone like Kayla, hmm. you'd walk away going, holy crap, my wife's a, my life is amazing. Right, right. <laughs> Thank God I can breathe. Thank God my heart's not filled with water. Thank God I'm not struggling with this kind of stuff right now. Hmm. And instantly your perspective changes. Yeah. I hear people all the time, um, good people, good intentions, just radically misunderstand. They, they go to different parts of the world and they say, I see these people with nothing, but they seem to be so happy. And I would say, stop right there. Nothing. Describe nothing to me. Right. Are they healthy? Yeah. Is their heart beating? Yeah. Can they see? Yeah. Can they breathe? Yeah. Do they have family and friends and community around them? Yeah. Are they loved? Yeah. So what's nothing? They seem to have everything. Hmm. If you're looking at the most important majors of life. Right. Right. What now, they might not have the stuff that we've been conditioned to believe is, quote unquote, everything we're supposed to aspire to. Yeah. But yeah. in reality, all that stuff can t get torched like many people's houses were just in Southern California not too long ago. Mm -hmm. All that stuff can burn to the ground and you realize, oh my God, I have everything I need. I have my family. I have love. I'm healthy. We're happy. We survived. Oh my God, we have everything. And so sometimes it takes everything being literally burnt to the ground for us to realize what's really most important. It's, it's your health, your happiness, your love, your community. It's, it's the majors of life. Hmm. Tell us how we can learn to work more on the internal while continuing to work on the external. Because I, I asked ask that question that way because I, I find that a lot of people either do one or the other 
right? Like they're like, oh, you don't need any of that stuff. You don't need any of those, you know, you don't need the trips or the cars or the the boats or whatever. You All you need is just you and your family. And while I completely understand that, having the other stuff doesn't, it's not intrinsically bad or evil and it doesn't cause unhappiness, right? So so for, for a lot of the people listening to this, a lot of entrepreneurial type people who have big goals and aspirations and dreams, very similar to, similar to yourself, how do you continuously work on those external things while never losing track of the thing that matters the most, which is the inside? Sure. So I'll start with a quote. And, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't remember the exact words, but I wish everyone could become rich and famous so they realize it ain't it. Hmm. Jim, Jim was good with this one. I love it. And it's true. And if you look at this, I have a friend recently. Let me see if I can find her post real quick. She talks about this whole concept. She's extremely popular online. All of her videos she posts gets millions and millions of views. And she wanted to move from her hometown to Los Angeles to literally become famous and even more of an icon in the industry and all this other jazz. And, and she wrote this little thing on Instagram the other day. It says, the things I learned this year. I don't care about being super fancy for the sake of being fancy. I like what I like. $60 purse, $6,000 purse still carries my stuff. All the followers in the world don't matter if the people you care about aren't healthy and happy. Most events suck and are full of people taking pics of themselves. And I feel super lonely there. Most internet gurus are full of shit. Being hot is a useless skill if it intimidates people into treating you, into treating you weird. Uh, I don't want to be famous. I don't like it. I'm not a zoo animal. I want to connect with people, be real, have fun, and not on some strange pedestal. Not famous, just a lot of friends I haven't met yet. And when you look at this concept, she got everything she wanted when she moved there, and then she realized it ain't it. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't mean... And trust me, I I say that all the time. People go, well, shit, I'd sort of like to find out myself. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, okay, um, let me explain it this way. If I hit you in the face with a hammer, it's going to hurt. Anyone who responds back, well, shit, I'd sure like to find out myself, might be a little slow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not judging. I'm just saying there's proof from many other people that if a hammer strikes your face, it will hurt. And you're like, well, bring it on, buddy. I need to know myself. (laughs) Now, there's some of us during a learning stage called childhood that tempt these offers where it's like, honey, don't put your hand on the stove. It's hot. And we're like, okay, mom, it's hot. And she's like, I told you. And and we have to learn by our own experience. Some of us are a little, I don't know if that's slow or excited or curious, but there's something going on that we just have to touch and find out. But but how do you build an amazing life with, with all the gizmos and gadgets and widgets and things and money and whatever else you want to pile on top of it? How do you do that? You need to do it on a stable foundation. And, and a stable foundation is the ability to answer three questions. Number one, or, and, or I'm just going to say the ability to say three statements with total confidence and total congruency in your nervous system, meaning you can say it, you believe it's true, and you feel it's totally right and authentic within your nervous system. Number one, I'm enough. I am enough as a human being. Just showing up, breathing. Not what I do, not my job, not my career, not how many people I've helped or how much money I made or any way else we gauge if we're enough or not. Just me breathing right now in this moment without doing a damn thing. I am enough. Number two, I have enough. This is going to sound weird because people who want more tend to feel like they don't have enough. You got to get to a place where you go, wow, I have enough. You know, living in that village, 
Whereas me learning, if I reflect back, how to realize I have more than enough. If I have my heartbeat, if I have a breath in my lungs, if I can communicate and have a community around me of caring and people that I can support and they can support me, if we can go find food every day, keyword, go find food every day. If we can go gather water every day. I had to walk a quarter mile down the road to fill a bucket full of water to drag that thing home and boil it for 30 minutes just to have sanitary drinking water. You know, Food, I had to walk couple miles down the road to find a market and see what they had to eat that day. There was no like, oh, I'll just go there and get this because it's always there. I mean, imagine if you go to the, the market and you're like, well, I wonder what kind of food they'll have today. I don't know. It depends on what was available and what they could gather and bring to this, ta- you know, this place at this time. You don't know. Sometimes you're lucky and you get a fish. Sometimes you don't. It's like that type of living. When you get into that type of living, you know, for most of us in most parts of the world, including major cities all over Africa, which are beautiful, thriving econ- you know, economies and beautiful places, they're very well developed, incredible places. The villages are still developing, but a lot of the major cities are, are just like New York or LA or anywhere else you'd go. The, most of us haven't had to live that way. So most of us have way more than enough. We just don't see it that way because we've been trained by society to think that we have to have more or do something different than we're already doing to finally, quote unquote, have enough. So I am enough. I have enough. The final one is I'm loved enough. I'm loved enough. Now, that's a big one for a lot of people because people tell me all the time, Jarek, you don't understand. Where I grew up, I didn't grow up in a loving household. I didn't have people who showed me love. I didn't know what love was or, or dang it, I got socked in the face every day. I have a friend every single day for 17 years, watched his dad beat the tar out of his mom. Not only that, when he got old enough and strong enough, he got pissed and started getting in front of the punches himself. So he used to get the tar kicked out of him every day. And at 17 years old, that dad got arrested and put in prison for attempted murder on him and his mom. They're like, oh boy, like this guy has all the stories in the world to be like, I don't know what love is. I didn't grow up around love. Yeah, I mean, wow. everyone would be like, we totally feel you, bro. Like we understand. Yeah. Right, and right. No one's going to argue that. Fast forward. About a year ago, he has a wild life, but a year ago, he got invited to do a sting operation to go save 30 young girls who were kidnapped and put into sex slavery. Wow. Nine, 10, 12-year-old little kids. That's and incredible. Part of him was like, you know, I worked really hard. I've got my own kids. I got a family. I got a business. Life's good. Like, why do I got to go risk my life for some kid? Like, can I just write a check? Can I donate? Mm. <laughs> and then, you know what? If I say no, some part of me is saying it's okay. Hmm. And that's not okay. He says, I'm in. Let me know when and where I'll be there. Him and a group of other people got together. They went and did a sting operation, got these people arrested. And and they busted into this place. There was 30 kids tied up, chained and and handcuffed to beds being used for $60 on the hour. And they freed all these kids. He sat at the end of the bed when all the kids were were taken away and they're safe and, and cared for. And he just had tears streaming down his face. And he realized looking back that if all those years he didn't learn how to take a punch for someone else, he would have never known how to stand up for someone right now at this point in his life. He looked back and said, that was a real messed up version of love I learned as a kid. Wow. But I learned how to be fiercely strong for others through it. And all that junk he had to live through as a kid that he would wish on no one prepared him for the moment that he could be there for someone else in this capacity. And when he looked back, he realized, you know what? I'm loved. And where the love started was his ability to look himself in the mirror 
and say, I love you and mean it and feel it. And because he could fill himself up with love every day, he had the capacity to then share it not only with his own kids, but with these kids who he didn't even know. Incredible, incredible story. So, so I am enough, I have enough, and I'm loved enough. Is this something that, that you spend time on on a daily basis to remind yourself of, or is it just kind of always in the back of your mind? Is it on purpose? Like how, how do you, like for, for somebody out there listening and just going like, man, I've never spent any time doing any of this stuff. Like I've never really dealt with this stuff on the inside before. How do I get started? What would be your advice to them? Check in, write down three phrases, zero to 10 or negative 10, the positive 10. Where are you? Some people are like negative 10. <laughs> right. Like, I don't close to even neutral in this. Like I'm loved enough. Nope. Negative 10. I hate myself. They're like, okay, shit, we got to do some work. Hmm. And so if you need to do some work on that, you got to ask yourself a question. What has to happen for me to go from negative 10 to negative five? Let's inch it up five points. What do I have to believe about myself? How do I have to choose to show up in this world? What kind of person do I have to congruently and consistently be every day? My actions, what do my actions need to be every day for me to say, you know what? I'm not a negative 10. I don't hate myself. I'm a negative five right now. Uh, some days I struggle. It's like, oh, that's totally different. What has to happen to go from a negative five to a zero neutral? No, I'm indifferent. Some days I, I like myself, some days I don't, but I'm indifferent, zero neutral. What has to happen to get to a zero? What do your actions have to be? What do your beliefs have to be? How do you have to, what kind of feelings, emotions do you have to pour into your body every day to, to get to a zero neutral? From a zero, let's jump up to a positive two, then a five, then a six, then a seven, then eight, then nine, and a 10. And eventually you get to a place where that person, so many weeks, days, or months later, looks themselves in the mirror and goes, damn, I love myself. I'm a good human. I, I'm congruent with my word. I'm a man or woman of, of what I, my word, I, what I say is what I do. I tell myself to wake up at this time, I get up at this time. I tell myself to go do something kind, I do something kind. And then when you start layering in, what are the habits that actually get those results done? If you want to be more happy, scientifically proven. Do a volunteer act once a week, two hours ideally. So go volunteer somewhere. Write down every day, three great things that happened today. Capture it in a journal. Physically write it down. Uh, go exercise for 30 minutes every day. Meditate for 10 minutes a day. All these things are scientifically proven to overall improve your happiness and satisfaction with life. Hmm. If you want more mental resilience and emotional fortitude, take a three-minute ice-cold shower every single morning. Google Wim Hof breathing and learn how to do Wim Hof breathing. It'll learn how to stimulate the fight-or-flight experience without having to do any of the negative consequences. There's all kinds of physical things we can show people how to do to activate the healthiest, healthiest, strongest, and most fulfilled version of themselves. One of which is what you, you're all about here on this podcast, which is building a powerful network. Hmm. It's an absolute key difference to, to being resilient and emotionally have that emotional fortitude to push forward in life is you need a powerful peer group. You need a support system around you. If you look at the blue zones of people who live over 100 years old, all of them have a supportive peer group around them if they live that long. They have to. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, without the peer group, you feel lonely and alone sometimes, and then you do silly things. And sometimes you make a permanent decision on a temporary feeling, and that's not a great idea. When, because of the way I was raised, my mom raised me with this attitude that if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Mm. And that's the Henry Ford quote. Right. And so because of that, I've never really perceived my disability. And sometimes some of my friends are like, you do know you're disabled, right? And that's what impresses people. I was like, I don't know that I'm disabled. No, I forget that. <laughs> and so for me, it's the process that I don't quit. 
And whether you're disabled or able-bodied, if you don't quit, one, and two, you identify what it is in your life that you really truly want to do, and you're actually living that with passion and enthusiasm, other people are drawn to you. And they're drawn to you because other people are not living that way and they want to live that way. And so when you inspire them, they want to be connected with you. And when they want to be connected with you, all that you have to do is allow some space for them, love them up, give them some time, make them, in fact, the most important person in your world in that moment. When I was at Thrive, I was very, very fortunate to come off stage and be surrounded by people most of the time. Like I literally probably missed 50% of all of the speakers after Thrive because of that. And it was wonderful for me because one, I love to connect with people. And two, it gave me a chance to love each single, each and every one of them mm. and spend time with everybody and find out who are you and tell me about you and what are you interested in and let people know that they matter. And so for me, that's one of the key points about networking. When you let somebody know that they matter, there's nothing that they won't do for you. Mm. Right. When they feel like you truly care about them. And this isn't artificial. Like I literally wanted the person to know that I cared. And then literally the last night of Thrive after the event was over, I had a guy come up to me and he was talking to me in the restaurant and he couldn't look at me. And he kept looking away and he was tearing up and he'd look at me and, and he'd look back away and he would tear up. And I said, are you okay, buddy? And he said, I've never had anybody look at me. I've never had anybody look at me like like you're looking at me. I've never had anybody see me. And it broke my heart. It broke my heart, Travis, because I don't ever want anybody to feel slighted. I don't ever want anybody to be forgotten. Hmm. And so if you are the disenfranchised person in the room, I'm going to find you because I care about you and I need and want you to know that somebody cares about you. And I would say when I was there at Thrive, um, talking to everybody, I would say when I got done talking with them or when they got, the truth is when they got done talking with me, I would say, hey, as long as you know me, you will always have at least one friend in the world. And I gave people my direct phone number, buddy. I gave people my email. I allowed myself to be accessible. I allowed myself to be a human being. And then after Thrive, a couple of days later, there was a message that was posted on Facebook, not even on my Facebook page. I don't, well, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was posted somewhere on Facebook that I saw. And this woman said, PJ is the real deal. I wish I could read it to you. If I had uh, Facebook open, I'd read it to you. It just basically said, PJ is the real deal. When he sat down after his speech and spoke to every single person that came up to him and he spent so much time with them and made every single person feel like they mattered. She said it was unbelievable how much PJ truly cared. Mm. That's the truth, Travis. There's nothing more to it. If you truly care about somebody, that's what you do. And then how do you follow up? That was part of your question, right? Mm -hmm. If they reach out to you, I told everybody, I said, hey, if you reach out to me and I don't get back to you right away, I invite you to reach out to me two or three days later. Understand I travel a lot and I've got a lot going on. So I do want to talk to you and I definitely want to stay connected. So just reach out again. I invite you to reach out. You are not bothering me. I let everybody know that it was okay, but I also let everybody know that I'm a pretty busy guy and I will definitely get to you as soon as I possibly can. Man, so, so many good things there. Again, I think the biggest thing, though, is 
genuine, like being genuine in every situation that you're in. And so many times when you go to an event like that, PJ, and I'm, I'm sure you know this better than anybody with the amount of events you speak at and the people that you're able to meet. So many people go into those situations with the, what can I get out of this mentality? And I think sometimes even more so some of the speakers, they go to events will come in with that mentality. What can I get out of this? And, and then they'll speak and then they'll leave and they don't talk to anybody and they get their money and then they go on to the next thing. And so being genuine, being truly caring about people is such a remarkable attribute nowadays, which is crazy that it's that, it's that rare, you know? And uh, that was one of the things that stuck out to me so much about you at the conference and that you took time out of your schedule when I, I was just kind of sitting over and, you know, I, I was working John Lee Dumas's booth for him. I was just kind of sitting over there by myself and you had a bunch of people coming up to you, talking to you and everything. And then you took time to wheel over to the table I was sitting at and chat with me for, I don't know, we talked for 15, 20 minutes there, just about random stuff about life, about my story with my wife and all that kind of stuff. And that it's such an undervalued attribute. And it's something honestly that I have to work on a lot. It doesn't, it doesn't come naturally to me. Like when I'm in that situation anyway, it doesn't come naturally to me. I, it's something that I need to definitely work on. And because I know I didn't have a story like yours, you know, like I, I never had that when I was growing up feeling that way. And so it never really struck me to make sure other people feel that way. And talking to you is, has really helped me cultivate that kind of a mindset and bring that kind of a mentality into every situation that you're in. And it's been remarkable how much better people respond to you when they know that there's no hidden agenda. You're just there to help. You're just there to love yeah. and care and help and, and make the world a better place and make them a better person and turn yourself. And so, so many awesome things from that PJ. And I want to know your answer to this question. And I, I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> it's something I ask just about every guest that comes on the show. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? Wow. I love that question. I love that question. I want you to ask it again, if you would, please, because something happened inside of my heart. It's split and I need to witness that again. Yeah. So yeah. please ask it again. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? The answer is it depends on the end result. Okay. Okay. So what you know allows you to apply knowledge and wisdom to any situation and or every relationship that you have. Who you know allows you to create movements and raise money and create mass contribution and change in the world. So both of them are equally important in different arenas. And I cannot choose one over the other because the arena that they're being utilized in will dictate what is needed and necessary. And that's one of the important pieces in networking, right? One of the important things that I've experienced with parents, for example, is many times parents will say, why does my kid talk to you, but they won't talk to me? And I say, I meet them where they are. I speak their language. And then I raise my language and I raise the bar. I raise my quality and my character with them. And I raise the expectations I have of them. Hmm. And so if you come to me speaking, like, let's say you're like a mixed martial artist, for example, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, man, it's really cool. And da, 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 da. I'm coming with this kind of energy, right? And you're real strong. You've got like this masculine effort and force that you kind of come at the world with, right? And not that you're aggressive and mean, like you're a pretty nice guy, but you still kind of talk like this, like a New Yorker, right? Maybe. Right. And so I'm going to talk to you almost in that same way. Now, I'm not responding right now like that yeah. because I want you to see the difference between mm -hmm. the what I was and what I am right now. 
right? I'm going to come back with the same kind of, yeah, man, it's really nice to meet you. What do you do? Oh, that's a great martial art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually train in martial arts too. I'm going to come back with the same kind of force. Why? Because I'm speaking their language. Hmm. When I'm speaking with a little, like an older lady, I'll soften and I'll be really, really sweet with her. Right. Mm -hmm. If I'm talking to a guy who's kind of funny, I'm going to be kind of, you know, upbeat and playful and smile and make a couple jokes with him. Because the more I speak your language, the more you connect with me. And it's not me being fake. This is me being actually profoundly authentic. Right. What I'm demonstrating is that I have a range of languages that I can speak. If you speak Chinese, I speak Chinese to you. If you speak Korean, I speak Korean to you. If you speak Afrikaans, I speak Afrikaans to you. Right. Right. I don't force you to speak my language. And then if I feel like the other day, for example, I teach martial arts, one of my students told me a pretty off-color joke. And I was like, hey, man, I'm not really sure that's a very appropriate joke. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, sorry. And the reason I tell you that is because I had to change the way I was speaking to him Hmm. to change the way he was thinking. Okay, so prior to that, I was speaking the way he spoke. And then after that, I interrupted that and I changed how he was by changing how I was responding to him and he changed how he was responding to me. So what I did is I made an effort to up-level his game and to think about what he was doing and how he is. And in fact, let me say this because I just want to give a shout-out to John Lee Dumas and he's probably like, oh my God, please stop. You're always giving (laughs) shout-outs. But JLD is one of the most remarkable human beings I've ever met. He inspires me, Travis, when most men don't inspire me. Because in his presence, I am always made a better man. He just has to stand in my presence and it makes me want to be better because his level of integrity and character and quality is so high. And I feel like I'm a pretty good guy. But in his presence, like even talking about him, I like literally shifted twice in my chair to straighten my spine even more and to stand even taller in my chair, to sit even taller in my chair because he makes me want to be a better man. Hmm. What He's do you a think, profound what, human being. What, what do you think that quality is? What do you think that boils down to? 100% integrity. Hmm. He won't speak an, an ill word about another human being, and I make an effort not to do that also. That's how I was raised. But there's just a real integrity. Hmm. Who you see is who he really is. He really is genuinely happy. He really is genuinely kind. He is really genuinely intelligent. He is really genuinely a good businessman, hmm. and he makes time for people. When he's there, he's present. His mind doesn't wander, and he's not like – he doesn't experience chaos in his mind because he's set up his life in a way that he's happy with it. Yeah. And this is one of the most beautiful, remarkable things about really identifying and choosing your life. When you set up the life that you really want and you're living how you want to be living and you're living the way you want to be living, where you want to be living, with whom you want to be living – doing what you want to be doing, right? When you actually take the time to set your life up like that, your mind is still most of the time. doesn't mean that you don't have thoughts. doesn't mean that you don't have ideas. doesn't mean that there's not creativity. doesn't mean that you don't even second guess yourself. But it does mean that the energy that you put out is significantly calmer and less chaotic than the average person. And when JLD is in your presence, he's in your presence and he's present with you. And you know who else is like this is Gary Vaynerchuk. The time that I've spent with Gary, I've watched him, the time he spent with me and the time I watched him spend with other people, exactly the same. He's 100% present. Mm. And I really, I truly admire both of them, but I am inspired, profoundly inspired by JLD. And it's just because his core is true. He lives his truth. That's so true. Because I listened to his show for a while before I met the guy. 
You know, you never know what, to, know what to expect when you never actually meet somebody. You just follow what they put out a lot. And that was one of the first things that, you know, that I noticed was just like, this is like the same exact guy that's talking on a show all the time. <laughs> you know, like he is that energetic. Like he's not trying to make a show. Like he's just, that's just who, that's who he is. He's just, what, what you see is what you get. And there's so much to be said for that, especially in the world of online marketing, because there's so many people that are just completely disingenuine and you'll never never really get to know who they are unless you talk to them, which to me is just so fake. And I just don't like being around fake people. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, the truth is nobody does, right? Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to be around fake people. They want every single human being wants to inspire and be inspired. Mm. And so we're always looking for somebody who is holding the standard higher. So we get to be better. So we get the chance to be better. So somebody challenges us to be better, right? Right, and right. so we get to do that for everybody else by first and foremost identifying who we really are and what we really want. And then from there, like really being courageous enough to live it, like really truly be courageous enough to live what you want to live. Yeah. Who do you want to be? Where do you want to live? What do you want to do? And if you can't do it right now, ask yourself what's it going to take? And every single day, what's it going to take to? What's it going to take to? What's it going to take to? Prime your heart. Prime your spirit. Prime your soul. Prime your conscious mind. Prime your subconscious mind. Prime your body. What's it going to take to get what I want? And then look for the opportunities. Establish the opportunities. Create the opportunities. Accept and receive the opportunities. Ask for the opportunities. Love it. And bro. when you're living in that space, you will inspire other people too because you will be living the way other people want to live. So the true. whole point is teaching people to become free. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. As most of you know, I talk a lot about giving value to others. This podcast is one of the ways that I do that since all the content from the show is totally 100% for free. And when people ask me how they can add value to me, one of the ways I tell them is to head over to iTunes, hit the subscribe button and leave a rating and review. This not only gives me valuable feedback on what you think about the show, but it also helps me with Apple's algorithm. So please, 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 if you have not done that yet, head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review for the show. It adds tremendous value and it only takes a minute or two of your time. Have a wonderful rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.